So welcome back to the Lift Your Life podcast. And at long last, I have delivered. I have got a goddamn guest on the podcast. And kind of killing two birds with one stone here because I have got Danny on the podcast. Now, Danny is someone who I feel like I have known my entire life. I would actually classify her as one of my best friends right now. I know. Same. Same. That's what I was hoping for. This is when she's like... (laughs) (laughs) Running away. (laughs) You know what I mean? But we literally met two weeks ago when we went on a way to five. Mm-hmm. we got talking decided to meet up on day one just so we had a familiar face and we just clicked from the get-go and we have so many similar mindsets and philosophies with how we coach our clients we have our own independent businesses but loads of similar ideas and one I wanted to see Danny's face again because I miss her already oh but, but she is a bloody banging coach she really gives a shit about her clients and her philosophy and ethos and messaging is predominantly based around helping women to get away from these fad, restrictive, stupid diet programs and just to have food freedom and flexibility and look and feel amazing without having to do all that shit. And as you guys know, I'm passionate about that as well. But I wanted to hear Danny's story. I wanted to hear some of Danny's perspectives and ideas and share them with you guys. So Danny, for the audience, for the people listening, just a little quick brief introduction, who you are, what you do, and throwing you in at the deep end here. Just a couple of fun facts about yourself that people might not know, some interesting things or quirky things. Okay, cool. Oh god, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> um, so hi everyone, I am Danny. Um, I uh, have been in the fitness industry for the past eight years, which is wild. Can't believe it's been that long. Um, but yeah, about eight years. I um, so like as you said, I work with women who are kind of stuck in that vicious cycle of yo-yo dieting. Mm-hmm. Um, are really frustrated, can't make progress with their body goals. Maybe don't have the best relationship with foods. We help them kind of break free of that and build up self-confidence. Um, we're very big on chucking people out of their comfort zone eventually when they're able to. Um, but obviously we'll talk about that later on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I um what was the other question? A fun fact. Couple of fun facts about yourself. What makes you different? What's like a weird fact about yourself or something cool that you've done? Something people who do know you might not know about you. I'm not that cool a person. <laughs> you are. Shut up. You are. I don't know what it's to oh, which I think. I mm, fun fact, I okay, so this kind of relates to you. I come from a background of dancing and musical theatre. So um I did I actually trained three years in dance at college and then I did a year of musical theatre. We were actually talking about musicals this morning. <laughs> we're gonna be on Broadway. Um yeah. so yeah, I guess I mean a lot of people do know that to be fair. Um another fun fact is that I'm Italian and I can't speak a word of it so I mean that's pretty crap yeah I didn't know that's there we go I've learned something new fantastic there you go. <laughs> amazing so you've been doing this now for eight years which is like a hell of a long time a lot longer than I have so you're old no <laughs> I am old yeah you've got a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience but it'd be interesting to know what got you into it so obviously you've mentioned that you did all the musical theatre and dance and yes you could argue that it's still movement but they are still very very different yep. disciplines and realms and worlds yeah. So what made you transition from this passion of maybe going into fitness and theatre and musicals and performing arts to fitness? Yeah. Um, so I when I was in college, I was so insecure in my body, was really unhappy, um, was constantly trying to find ways how I could change my body and I just couldn't I just couldn't do it. And I thought back then, you know, I'm really active. Like, why am I not seeing change in my body? And, you know, we had to wear the most 
questionable unitards at college which I absolutely hated I actually think I've still got them in my cupboard but they were not flattering unless you were like literally straight up and down um, and that's just not me and I just used to I used to hate it I used to feel so so self-conscious um so throughout that whole time as much as I loved dancing when it came to like the whole addition inside of things I found that really quite daunting and I discovered that it wasn't for me so then I went to teach dance for a little while which I really enjoyed but I knew there was just there was just something missing um and then for a period of time I like I was I was started going to the gym started to not properly train just started to kind of dab into to kind of uh, weight training and then um I got to a point where I was like I need a full-time like a full-time job because I was kind of working in between jobs and things then um and I got this office job which I absolutely so this is going to sound really disjointed on the whole podcast. So we were just having a really nice flow then. And I just got hounded by someone ringing my flat, someone ringing my phone about 500 times. So I had to go, Danny, sorry, hon. I know you have a really good flow then. I had to stop you. And I was like, this is an emergency. Is like, you know, someone dying outside. No, it's just, um, just my parcels. But I just wanted to show it on the podcast because, you know, I have now got, you ready for this? People who like coffee will be excited. Anyone who doesn't is going to be like, yeah. Um, there's loads there it's five it's only five sleeves you can only order a minimum of so many when espresso oh can you minimum of 50 sleeves or something but i have got the new gingerbread one for christmas oh my god stop that's what i get in my costa every day so i am very 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 excited i'll go back in the box now that was definitely worth fucking up the whole podcast for wasn't it thanks yodel <laughs> Cheers, Yodel. Now that sounds good to be fair. I wish I had an espresso machine. I need that in my life. Um, I think you should invest. Everyone who thinks that I should invest, slide in a DM's off the phone. Buy an espresso machine. Yeah, drop me a message with the word Nespresso and I'll buy yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, people are just trying to mess up our flow today. Danny was late to the podcast. You see, got hounded by um someone Hello. at her door, HelloFresh at her door. I've just got effed over by Yodel. But you know what? Anyone else who tries to mess up this podcast now, it's not happening. I don't care if you're dying. Well, we're getting to <laughs> the podcast. So, Danny, I don't your memory is as good as mine. Do you remember where we were? <laughs> uh, let's see. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. So, I was basically saying um, I started in this job that I hated in an office job, which was just not for me. I was super unhappy. But also at that time, um, I was, I was really – I was honestly – the complete opposite to what I am now yeah. I actually did a post on this recently because if you had met me back then you wouldn't you wouldn't know who I was and I think I was saying this to you in Dubai like I used to really really suffer from like I mean I still suffer from anxiety but it used to be really really bad Um, I felt really really insecure I had depression at the time Um, I was in a relationship that I was super unhappy with Um, and I just felt really really stuck um, and then I obviously was in this job that I hated. So I was just not in a good place mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was still going to the gym, but again, not really knowing what I was doing. Just like knew I enjoyed it. But I was like, I want to learn more about this, you know. I was like, I really enjoy this, but like I need to I need to understand what I'm doing. Um, so then decided that actually I wanna I wanna study this. Like I wanna I wanna learn more about this so I can help myself um first and foremost and then it never really crossed my mind at that point yet to then help others that kind of came later on um so then I did my course I started studying and while I was studying I got the job in um a gym and that is when kind of everything kind of changed for me 
and mm. um, like that job itself it just kind of brought out me as a person like this is gonna sound really deep but like at that time when I felt lost I, I honestly didn't really know who I was I felt like I was like I have no purpose like I, I went to counseling because I was in such a like just such a low state like I had suicidal thoughts I was like I don't know what my purpose is in life don't know what I want to do like what's the point in being here just just felt really unhappy but when I started in the gym I was like this is this is what's been missing you know as cheesy as that sounds like and and don't get me wrong I did miss dancing but I was like that's not like I can still go to dance classes I can still do that but that whole industry I didn't realize till after training for it in three four years was not for me um and I do think the whole being unhappy within my body at that time being unhappy definitely contributed to that mm. and like I didn't have the confidence you know um but you wouldn't you wouldn't really know that kind of speaking to me it was very much hidden you know um so then yeah I started working the gym and I just started to I almost felt like a weight being lifted off my shoulders. I just started to be more myself and started to find out who I was, really enjoyed learning and, you know, like help getting help with my own training. I was learning so much from all the staff there. I remember I was the only one there who was still studying. Everyone there. I think they took on a team of four of us at the time. Everyone had worked in a gym before. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why have you taken me on? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Major imposter syndrome. But they loved just how passionate I was about learning about it. And that's why they took me on, essentially. Um, and kind of just from there, I just I just kept learning, just loved being in that environment. That whole job just did wonders for my self-confidence and for, like, you know, having that purpose. And then once I got qualified, then obviously part of my course was doing the level three, which is your PT qualification, of course. And then... At that time, I was like, I don't want to do PT for a long, long time. I was like, I don't want to personal train. I don't want to do that. Like, I just it's not for me. And it was only after like a good, I think I was in the on the gym floor for three years before I was like, now nah, I want to try this whole PT thing. Like, I've got the qualifications. Let me try it out and see how I get on. Because I really enjoyed helping people in the gym. I loved like having those conversations with people and kind of educating people and helping them. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to, like, how I'm going to feel about actually doing the PT side of things. And then I started it, and of course I loved it. Um, and then I started doing full-time PT. Um, and I had done that for, I can't even remember how many years, but a good few years. Um, and loved it. But then I got to the point where, you know what it's like, majorly long hours, was doing like 12, 13-hour days. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I am so burnt out. And to the point where like I'd come home from work and just not want to speak to Darren because I was like, I'm so tired. <laughs> like, you know what it's like? You have you give your clients 110% all day. Um, and then I'd come home and be like, I can't do this. Like I used to have naps in the disabled toilet because I was like, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, so yeah, eventually like I started kind of learning about online coaching and that took me a while to get into and um yeah just started kind of realizing that actually that's the route I want to go down and here we are the rest is history and now I just feel like I've found my thing um as cheesy as that sounds but yeah it's true it is really cheesy but it's also really lovely because there's so much of your story that's so relevant and like I can relate to so much of that which is our best friends now isn't it yeah I love that it's just amazing to hear that and like I know you say it sounds cheesy but I literally can relate to those feelings of 
like when you went to the gym environment feeling like this is what's been missing this is like the missing piece of the puzzle that's just I've needed in my life but I've never found I've never known what it is and like in your calling I'm 100% with you on that one amazing so it's quite interesting because obviously you got into you got into this because you were unhappy in your body and you wanted to change it but it doesn't sound like you've ever done any of these sort of extreme sort of diets and slimming clubs or anything um did you, did you try any of those in the past because you said you were trying things and they weren't working uh, yeah what kind of things did you do in your own journey so um yeah so kind of the reason I started wanting to eventually help people was because because I, I was so insecure in myself at that time I was then like obviously I started enjoying PT and I realized that I you know yeah. found my call and wanted to help people but yeah during that time I I didn't do like Slimming World or anything like that but I did try like I did uh I did low carb which like a good couple times which was hellish lost my period um I took like diet pills pretty sure I tried another sort of like shitty diet tea stupid thing um so yeah I've, I've kind of tried a few different things I haven't tried anything else in terms of like intermittent fasting or any drastic diet apart from low carb but I did low carb a couple of times and was like this is great and then realized how shit I felt <laughs> and I was like this isn't for me um but yeah in terms of like slimming clubs and that I haven't personally done them um but a lot of our clients come to us having been you know in a position where they've come out of slimming world or weight watchers and they've they've just had a really toxic relationship with food they've really struggled a lot of them as you know yourselves like they, they do these these clubs they'll lose a chunk of weight and then they'll pile it back on um and i'm not saying that they don't work it's like for some people that is great that's fine if that works for you go for it it's like with low carb if you want to do that and it works for you great but for the majority of people it's it's not it's not necessary and I think the problem with like Slimming World and Weight Watchers is they don't educate you. They, they, I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day, but like they literally just promote the the fear of the world in you. They they promote this like fear around food. Like you can't have this, you can't have this, but you can't have this. Oh, go and eat loads and loads of this, but none of this. Mm-hmm. And they label it like sins. Like it, it's terrifying. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I think that's what promotes it. Exactly. And you just said that, and I'm going to say this to people who listen to my podcast now, I don't give a shit about <laughs> anyone from Slimming World, is that you said they do work for some people, but they mm-hmm. don't. They don't work in the respect of what the people who go to those actually deep down want. And none of them want, yeah. you know, a bit of fat loss. These people want to lose weight and keep it off. They want to finally feel goddamn confident in themselves, feel better because they're just not feeling good in themselves from an energy perspective and a lethargy perspective none of these people are signing up to follow just to follow a program mm-hmm. and then pull the pilot all back on or yeah. not understand actually how to change their body or actually how to feel their body that's not what they're thinking they're signing up for but mm-hmm. that's what they want that's what everyone wants everyone wants that longevity of feeling good in themselves and yeah. this is what it doesn't allow because like you said what does it do it won't it's a short-term fix you follow the rules because it is just a rule based you that's know it. yeah system Mm-hmm. and what happens afterwards you don't know and so many people and you all have the exact same experience come to us with these fears and anxieties around certain social situations and certain foods and some of these foods are good foods avocado mm-hmm. one of them i have some people come to me with an avocado like phobia because of something called fuck yeah. yourself avocado <laughs> and it's, they, their relationship with food is absolutely fucked to the byproducts mm-hmm. in fact one of my ladies today we've actually challenged her to include a healthy fat sauce every single day because yeah. she's terrified of them from slimming world 
be fat for a female is fucking essential. And she's like, I've always been told low fat, I need to do low fat. Yes, you need to lower your fat to lose weight, but you can't mm-hmm. just have dietary fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And that's the thing. This is the, the thing. Like, I was saying this to one of my clients the other day. It's it's totally a rule-based system. It's not an educational, it's mm-hmm. it's just like fear and rules. And you know we like as you'll you'll be the same you're trying to work with your client to remove these rules and that fear around food and develop that healthier relationship because they've seen all they've been told is you know like this is the rules you must follow in order to get great results and they they see it as this big restrictive thing and of course they would if I was to do something like that and I didn't have a clue you would I would be terrified you know and it does it just promotes unhealthy behaviors like an unhealthy mindset towards food and yeah it's just kind of working on reversing that reversing that relationship and making it more positive and removing those rules essentially yeah and another thing that you'll 100% agree with me on here is what is deemed a success within these things and it's very much a scale weight is your only totally watch success here and it's like whoa 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 no no no. even if your goal your primary goal is fat loss alone you're not bothered about anything else let's just Mm -hmm. Which most people aren't. Most people are bothered about how they feel and their health markers and things. Let's yeah. just say all you care about is fat loss. There's so much more to it than that number. So it's like what habits and behaviors have improved? Have you challenged yourself in certain situations? You know, there is mm-hmm. so more to it. Have you been more yeah. reactive? And it's just so frustrating. And there's horror stories you hear of people who go to the evening groups and they're doing the weigh-ins so they don't eat all day and like it's horrible it's so like what's the word demoralizing like the way they like they do not make you weigh in front of everyone as well like it's just the fact that they yeah like they base it all around weighing yourself every week and if you've not dropped then mm, you're a failure like actually like you it's not it's not about that and 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 that again that promotes that fear of stepping on the scales for people and you know it's just it's just just so many things that it's missing out and it's just yeah I'm not a fan I'm not a fan of them at all I can tell and that was going to lead on to my next question as to why is it then that you've decided to make this something that you're this is your like your main thing within your coaching your main ethos about helping people to overcome these things what is it about them and what is it about the experiences that you've had and the experiences that you've seen other people go through that makes you so goddamn passionate about helping people break free from it so a good question. I think like it it's not like swimming world it's not like the just the swimming world and the swimming clubs in general. I think it's just yo-yo dieting in general because I experienced it a lot myself and like I think that's why it was kind of like okay why why I want to start started helping people because I saw myself how frustrated I was and how unhappy I was in my body and from going back and forth to different diets yeah and it's because I had no idea I didn't have that education at the time before I was qualified I didn't have that education I didn't know what I was doing so of course I was looking like everyone else does looking for the quick fixes looking for how to lose weight quickly can I take these diet pills great like I was literally just wanting anything and everything in order to change my body I didn't know that okay I had to train properly consistently Recently, I had to eat this amount of food this is the kind of thing I had to do like so I think it just comes from a place of my own experience wanting to like basically simplify things for other people so that they don't make the same mistakes I did yeah and um, and they don't you know go down into that deep hole of having that toxic toxicity oh my god I can't say that word um towards foods yeah um and like I think a lot of us do what we do because of our own personal experiences right and I think like you know you'll be your the same like you want your clients to get 
results quicker than you did without making the same mistakes as you did um and like you know you'll know yourself like we do what we do because we genuinely love helping people right and I it just annoys the hell out of me these swimming world clubs and all these stupid fad diets and skinny tees like what the fuck is that like all these stupid like I want to say I hate them like who they just market it's just like a money-making scheme and like I actually spoke with somebody a little while ago who'd said they poured oh I can't remember how much money it was it was like hundreds into these like what are they called they're like nap like the you know the keto drink things whatever they're called yeah you know what they're called but they're basically these drinks that promote fat they're supposed to promote fat loss and he was like oh great i'm gonna it was actually a guy he's like i'm gonna invest in all that and i was like what has he wasted all this money and i was like it's just a money-making scheme and it's it's sick that they do that you know and i just i don't want people to waste any more money on these shitty products (laughs) you know no, and I'm fully in agreement. It's it is really really sad. And I used to work in Holland and Barrett, and obviously in Holland and Barrett they do have the the dieting section. And mm-hmm. the amount of times you would see these repeat customers coming in and spending. There was a, a man that used to come in every week, and he would buy the fat metabolizer pills. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah, they definitely work. There's probably some research, one study somewhere done on rats where they do mobilize fat cells. Yes, if you've done everything else, they may make that marginal difference, but they're not going to help yeah. you, right? But they don't tell you that, of course they don't. Yeah. He must have spent, he must have come into about 20 quid a week, right? And I know yeah. it doesn't sound a lot, but 20 quid every single week, two, four, six, nearly 100 pounds a month, just down the drain. Mm-hmm. Came in, and without selling like a twat, he came in bigger every week. Mm-hmm. yeah so sad it was skinny teeth people would buy those all of the dieting products you know like diet ways meal replacements all mm-hmm. of bullshit people were just coming in and spending their hard earned money on and it just i couldn't say anything in the job because i think it's sad i used yeah. to advise as best as i could that if you take this you've also got to make sure that your diet's on point and that you're exercising and mm-hmm. couldn't just say mm-hmm. take your money and go to fucking morrison's and get some fruit and veg like yeah um that's it and that's another thing as well like it it makes me sad that you know people like try things like um you know like if they really restrict and they don't eat for a long period of time and they're having these stupid drinks or they're having like shakes and that's all they're living off or they're doing this this is another diet i can't remember the name of it but they only eat like 800 calories a day and i'm like oh my god like i had a conversation with someone recently and i was like oh wow that's so low and it just makes me sad that people think that that's the the extremes they have to go to um because you'll be the same like when you sign somebody up um and they join the team you know you'll give them their calories and a lot of the time people will be like whoa that's so many calories like I'm not used to that and I'm like yeah but that's what you should be eating and they're like oh yeah but I'm like I eat way lower than that and I'm like yeah but that's why you're not getting where you want to be you need to be eating more than that you know like and it's it's again it's it's taken away that fear of actually eating more is is going to be better for your progress and for your happiness and health essentially you know that's one of my absolute favorite conversations i just love it when i send someone the calories and i get that comment i'm just like i love it it's great and then it's the first is the first week's check-in when they submit their check-in and they've lost weight like oh my god i've lost this weight eating this much food and i'm just like yeah it's great in it you're like see you can enjoy all the food like and they're like it's amazing I'm like yes go and enjoy your food like it's yeah it's awesome amazing okay so this is why you're passionate about it so obviously you can't give all of your trade secrets but let's just say as a theoretical example I came to you now and I was like Danny I've been on these diets for 20 odd years I've been done slimming world I've done 5-2 I've done keto I've done this and I do really well for six weeks and then 
I fall off and I start again, usually in January or usually on a Monday. And it's just this vicious cycle and I'm fucking sick of it and I'm ready to break free from it. Mm-hmm. I come to you saying that, I sign up to coaching. What would you do with me? How is it that you take women from this place of, and it's probably very similar, but I want to hear your perspective. So yeah. years and years and years of trying a diet, failing a diet, feeling like a failure, and they've come to you as a last resort. How yeah. do you ensure that they break free from this and get to a point where they don't have to do these stupid things, but can see results and sustain them? Love this question. Okay, so obviously we'll have that initial chat with them, as all coaches do. We have that call um, and kind of gauge their background and stuff. But I always ask, first and foremost, have they had have they um, ever done any sort of tracking before, like via NutriCheck or MyFitnessPal? And whether they have or haven't, I'll explain to them, I'll kind of ask them, is that something that they're willing to do? And the reason we ask clients that is because one, it's not mandatory, but it's a very, very useful tool. Um, It's, you know, it's not something they have to do, but if they are willing to, it is a very useful tool in order for them to be accountable to how much food they're having, to learn about the amount of food that they're having and portion sizes, but also the quality of food sources they're having, which they probably don't have the knowledge about because let's be let's be honest, like some world and Weight Watchers don't tell you that. So they don't have that education. So my fitness pal is going to teach you that, you know, um, and also that allows us and explain this to them. It allows us to kind of pull up their food diary and their weekly check-ins, kind of talk them through and give them a lot more in-depth help. Um, but we, you'll be the same, like we take it step by step and like we're very big on, and I, you'll be the same, like basically trying to remove the overwhelm and take it like one step at a time because they're going through this phase where they're really frustrated and they're stressed and they're like, I need to do something. So if we kind of chuck them in the deep end and say, okay, let's do this, this, and this, they're going to be like, whoa, this is too much, you know? So we literally take it step by step. So if they're willing and able to, we will give them, we will calculate their calories for them, just get them start tracking their food so we can help them with that. That's usually when they're like, wow, I'm making great progress and actually having more food. Um, but aside from that, it's it's all about promoting healthier behaviors and habits around foods. Um, so like a lot of our clients who come to us are in a very restrictive state. So um, they'll obviously be eating very, very little calories, whether they've tracked or not, and they'll kind of overconsume at the weekend, or they might kind of eat clean during the week, no treats at all, and then end up overeating at the weekends. So they've just got this unhealthy relationship towards like food and social events. So what we'll do is, depending on the client, we'll ask them to have a calorie-dense snack each day. We call them calorie-dense snacks and not treats. Um, very kind of want to be mindful of the language that they're using around their food. That's yeah. a big thing, right? It's a big thing. Um, I mean, I am. Um, my clients will be like, "Oh, fucking hell!" If she goes, I will literally pull people up. And I'm like, you don't call it a bad food. Yeah, because it's making you vomit, shit yourself, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Don't be nasty. Yeah. It's nice in its own special. Yeah. Totally, isn't that? And that's the same with us. Like we promote the same thing. Like, you know, the language around food is a big thing, um, and we'll kind of catch them out if they're saying, "Oh, I ate bad today," and I'm like, "No, no." Oh. No, didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm like stop right there. Or they're like, or they're like, I've had a takeaway. I'm, it's so bad. I'm like, no, it's not. Did you, did you enjoy it? Like, that's great. Do you know, like, so again, it's about the language. But yeah, we'll we'll ask them to have a calorie dense snack each day, and um, which basically means something that something that they would deem as 
bad but we don't call it that they would deem as bad and that they would maybe only allow themselves at the weekend we try and get them to have that every single day of the week to you know what I mean just to allow them to see that actually you can have this any day of the week and it's absolutely fine um so that's kind of how we ease them into it and then obviously just gradually building like their other daily habits but it, it really it really does start with the nutrition I think um for us like we obviously give them their training and their you know their step targets and things and they get their their check-ins with us but yeah from the from the kind of nutrition perspective that's kind of how we do it um and if if it's somebody who's you know perhaps you know coming from a background of you know maybe not a great really really bad relationship with food and doesn't like the use of my fitness pal then we of course won't get them to use my fitness pal we'll get them to keep um like a written food diary for example and we'll just monitor their food that way and help them with that and give them other protocols so yeah I'm going to play devil advocates here and I don't agree with this, but obviously there is a big movement going on at the moment. There is a lot of, I feel like in the fitness industry, you kind of get forced that you should be this very, very extremist about certain things. And there is an extremist view at the moment against calorie counting. Calorie counting is terrible. Calorie counting is just as bad as these, um, you know, diets because there is an element of restriction. And I just want to hear what your thoughts are on that. I know what mine are. So if for example, let's just say you said this and someone came into your DMs and was like, you're promoting breaking free from yo-yo diet and you're promoting food freedom and flexibility, but you're getting your calories to calorie, you know, clients to calorie count. You're getting your calorie count to calorie count. <laughs> I need one of them coffees. You get your clients to calorie count and track. How yeah. does that make you any better? What would your response be to that? Just to play devil advocate and to hear your thoughts. On yeah, that. no, this is interesting because when they started to put calories on menus, I felt very split about that. So that's something we can maybe talk about after. Um, but yeah, so, oh wait, I forgot the question. So basically, yeah, promoting calorie counting. Okay, my brain, I need another coffee. Can I have a coffee, boss? <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, like, so people have this thing where they think that, you know, counting calories is obsessive. It's going to give you a really unhealthy relationship with food when actually, it doesn't it educates you you know like and if you're somebody who does become really obsessed and you know gets really kind of like hung up on numbers and it triggers you if you do go slightly over your calories or you don't reach your macros if it triggers you then yes okay it's not right for you we would never get you to track if that is the case we would look at other protocols but for the for for a lot of people it is a really really useful tool and it's not obsessive it's it's you looking after your health it's you you know, educating yourself, learning about nutrition, how everything works so that, you know, later down the line, we don't want you to be tracking your food forever. Like what we do with our clients at the end of their journey is teach them how to maintain the results without the use of MyFitnessPal so yeah. that, you know, they don't have to religiously track and get to a point where I actually did a live with my client Ashton last night um, and she's she was saying like she's at a point now where she can she she still tracks but she knows her portion sizes this is what my fitness pal can do for you guys but like she knows now just from like weighing her foods out or like putting teaspoons of peanut butter and bits and bobs in she knows exactly what 15 grams of say peanut butter is she knows you know what i mean she knows what 30 grams of oats is because she's done it so often and yeah she will still have to weigh things now and again but because she's used it for that long she's got that knowledge there to kind of break free from it and say actually I don't need to track today or yeah I can still track my breakfast and lunch but maybe I'll just skip my dinner because I know this is what I'm having kind of thing Mm -hmm. but she's got that freedom now of actually you know I've got that knowledge and 
it helps her as well and a lot of other clients see that you can still have social events and still you know be on track but you're still holding yourself accountable so I see I understand some people see it as like oh my gosh it's obsessive it's not healthy but I disagree I think I think if as long as you're not triggered by numbers and you don't have like a previous you know previous eating disorders I know sometimes that can trigger it totally understand if that's the case that's not for you and that is fine but for a lot of people it is super beneficial so yeah and I think as well a lot of it comes down to your mindset around tracking and this is what I do speak to a lot of my clients about and I speak about a lot is that if you see it as a as a restriction of you only have x amount of calories and then it stops you from having this and stops you from doing that well then of course it's going to be a very negative process because you're looking at what it doesn't allow you to do yeah I like to flip it on its head and say well what does it allow you to do I like to look at it as you have this it's like money you have this budget and you get to choose how you spend and allocate it you have that power of choice and it does teach you so much about portion control because every single person can vouch for the fact that when they have actually tracked and been accountable sometimes you're like oh yeah yeah. I'm actually eating that much and even though you don't feel like you're having a lot all these little things really can add up an amount Mm -hmm. to not a lot like for example the other day it wasn't calories on the menu scenario I was looking at a menu for a client Mm -hmm. going somewhere and all of the meals were over a thousand calories and it's like you could place and have quite a small you know it's like a club sandwich sort of thing and then you've had your breakfast on a morning and then maybe you have a snack when you get home you could be like easily hitting three thousand calories without even thinking about it and it's just these little things that really just educate you but it's choosing to see it as educational choosing to see it as you have the power of choice rather than seeing it as a restriction opposed upon you because when it is that restriction imposed upon you as we all know from lockdown one two three four five six seven eight nine ten (laughs) No one likes that. No one likes the element. No one wants to be restricted. We all want freedom. So it's yep. being the autonomy of choice mm-hmm. and freedom to you have this, you choose totally. how you eat it, rather than a, well, I wanted 10,000 Kit Kats and I can't have that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's such a good way to look at it. And you're so right. You're well, so right. Like if you're, if you're going to see it as a restrictive thing and like, a, oh, but I'm only allowed X amount of food, then yeah, okay, it's going to be hard. But actually, if you see it and flip it on its side, like you said, it just makes the world a difference. Yeah. Um, and I think like it can, like some people can see it, like if you've come from that restrictive background, mm-hmm. sometimes they can come in and say, oh, actually it's still, you know, maybe it is still, even though they're having more food, they might find it, like a lot of people find it an extra chore, like, oh, it's so hard to track everything. initially it might be because it's new to you like any new habit but as soon as you get going with it it actually becomes very very simple um and it's it's actually really interesting once you once you get going so yeah an analogy that I love to use I love analogies I'm like the queen of analogy (laughs) is that if you want really good results as well and you really want to build up that skill set that knowledge and understanding to get results sustain them and get them in the most efficient way possible Mm -hmm. actually look at it as like baking right so Mm -hmm. Anyone who bakes here, I want anyone who who doesn't do this to actually slide in my DMs and tell me, and I'll I'll take revert. When you're baking something, right? What do you do? You weigh out the ingredients. Why do you weigh out the ingredients? Because if you don't weigh out the ingredients and you guess, it might come out right, but it's a bit of a stab in the dark. Even such if such a good been, analogy. All right. So if you've been baking, <laughs> even if you've been baking for years and you just try and wing it, it might come out all right, but it's probably not going to. You need the timing to be bang on. You need the weighing to be bang on. And it's the exact same here. If you want to be within your calories, the more accurate you can be, the, the more accurate you can, and firmly you can say, I'm in a deficit every day or I'm in a surplus every day, goal dependent. 
Mm-hmm. And you can then make that progress knowing that the data is fully bang on. It's like a cake. If you weigh out to the T, all the instructions to a T, you can have a banging cake. Whereas if you're winging it, it might come out all right, might come out shit. So this is why tracking is so important. And I think people don't realize the power of it's not forever if you don't want it to be. But mm-hmm. if you put your all into it, stick to it, see it as you have the choice to do this, you will learn so much about yourself, nutrition. If you choose to focus on that, if you're like, oh, I've got to weigh out this, I've got to weigh out that. Yeah. And you're going to fucking hate it. You yeah. are, you're probably going to want to quit and you're not going to see results, but see it as empowering. Stick with it for the short term. Long term, you will benefit so goddamn much from it. Yes. What a great analogy. I'm just thinking of that right now. Is that something you've come up with before? Because that's pretty awesome. Do you know what? I've literally just thought of this on the spot and I'm so... No, mad. shit. That was so fucking good. I'm impressed. I don't know why I've got cake on my mind. I just thought, oh my God, it's like baking cake. Oh my God. Amazing. I literally need to write all these down and make a book out of my analogies. You could. I would read it. I'm really I'm really intrigued by that. That's amazing. I'm impressed. That is such a real idea. That You'll see that on my Instagram in a couple uh, Yeah. Do it. Do it. That's epic. No, I love that. I think we need to touch on the calories on the menu now, though. It wasn't yeah. a question I thought about, but... I think it is very, very relevant to fat loss and as well about factoring in social occasions when you are in this deficit, because this is something that these diet clubs and regimes don't teach you how to do because these programs, these regimes, meal plans, whatever it is that is that's a pile of shit basically that is creating yo-yo effect. They are great when you do follow them because like any diet, all it's doing is creating a calorie deficit. The difference is... The difference is you are having rules and restrictions imposed upon you because you have to follow yeah. the sins or you have to follow the no carbs or whatever it is. Whereas when it's calorie counting, again, mm-hmm. this is the mindset and perspective. You have so much more choice and options and creativity with it that you yeah. have a choice to, to, to use. Yeah. When you then have a social or when you have a meal out or your mom says, do you want to come for Sunday tea? It's your mom and you haven't seen her in so long. Well, that Sunday tea or that pizza out or those glasses of wine out, whatever it is, don't fit the meal plan or the rules of the diet. What the frick do you do? And they don't Mm. teach you this. So this is why it's important. However, I've got off a total tangent there, but calories. No, it's good. I know. I'm I'm such a tangent person. This is why I have to write things down and try and stick to it. No, I like it. It's interesting. I'll go for it. So again, that's another reason why calorie counting is great because it does actually allow you, doesn't it, to mm-hmm. have the best, I like to say, like Hannah Montana would say, the best of both worlds in that you can stay within mm-hmm. your calories if you really want to prioritize your goal. Yeah. And stick on track. And then you can still go out and have a great time. Yeah. 100%. Like, like a yeah. Money analogy. If you had 100 quid, most days you might just want to spread that out evenly over your day. Sound. Mm-hmm. Going out for food, you might just throw a lot more into that one thing and then pull back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. When was that? Was that last year? Or this year? I think no. I think it was. Oh, I think it was this year. I think. Oh, maybe it was last year. God, I don't know. But, but yeah, I don't think it was. I have no idea. But yeah, like it was a big thing in the news, and mm-hmm. I. It's difficult because I I feel I feel kind of split about it. Right. I think it's so so useful for the likes of like myself and you like and you and like my clients who who track who who are like you know aiming for fat loss just now who need to stick within their calories they've got that focus of okay this is x amount of calories i can have this it's so good from that perspective however i understand that for those who do come from a history of like eating disorders and have a poor relationship i know that can be triggering but then i find out that actually it's an option to have cal- you can have the the 
menu without the calories and the menu with the calories. So you can actually choose on most places which option you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm split. Like I, I think it's great for the majority of our clients and for myself and like for you, for example, like I love it because it means that you can say, right, okay, that's X amount of calories. And to be honest, like another kind of going back to my fitness pal, if you use my, my, my fitness pal, my fitness pal for long enough, you'll get to a point where actually you'll look at a, a meal on a menu that maybe doesn't have calories and you'll say, actually, that that's going to be that's going to be just right for what I'm what I'm kind of guesstimating for my dinner and you'll know because you've already got that education from using my fitness pal religiously Mm -hmm. um but yeah like I think for the majority like I think it can actually be a real eye-opener into what meals actually some meals have like thousands of calories that you might not think they do like a salad can have a, a lot of calories depending on where you go you might think oh it's a salad it's healthy but actually what else is in it what is the dressing what else does it include like it's probably going to be more than you think um so I think it can be really useful and an eye-opener but I understand like people were saying you know that I find this triggering so yeah I feel like I think it's useful and I I love it but I understand those who have had like a history of eating disorders do you see what I'm saying but like I know that you can have the option of choosing the menu without the the kind Mm. of calories on it so yeah what's your thoughts I think you've made a valid point there. One thing that you actually just said really resonated with something that I discussed with today. So one of my clients is going out to Natalia this weekend and it's more of a local based place. And so it doesn't, it doesn't have, you know, if they've got so many employees, they don't have to do the four calories on menu thing. Right. All right. Okay. This is our government in a nutshell, isn't it? When they've just got these stupid rules and regulations. It's like when COVID is done tier three, tier two. If you're in this city, you won't get COVID if you don't. (laughs) Yeah. If you're a small corporation, you don't need to put your calories on the menus. But if you're big, yes, you do. It's like, okay, well. So stupid, eh? Just just be all or nothing. And I hate all or nothing mentality. But in this sense, just fucking be all or nothing. But yeah, so I said to myself, well, best thing you can do is actually just go on to like Ask Italian Aussies and find a like for like place and then compare. And so be actually be surprised because she said to me, I don't, I'm not actually going to go for the pizza or pasta because Mm -hmm. I know there's higher calories. I'm going to go for like something that's like a meat and veg and potatoes option. I said, mm-hmm. great and this is probably what most people think is right but actually if you look at the menu mm-hmm. we did together so if you actually look at it this past there's about five pasta dishes here and two pizza dishes which fall under calories than the potatoes and the, the meat meal so what mm-hmm. you think is actually a lower calorie option isn't so again from the education and guidance i think it is great it is eye-opening for a lot of people yeah however coming from an eating disorder background myself having family who've got eating disorders currently and knowing that it is makes eating out very very challenging for them in a situation which think about what is eating out for most people right for most people in most situations it's celebratory it's a bit of a reward it's down yeah. it's a it's a positive experience to look forward to mm-hmm. and it can create that element of negativity when you go in and you like makes you feel bad yeah. about yourself and a bit guilty for eating so much food Mm-hmm. what my personal perspective of it is is i think that the information and nutrition availability should be very readily available for mm-hmm. everyone if you want it but i think it should yeah. just be like a qr code or something that you opt to you know you know get asked when you go in which menu do you want rather than yeah. it thrown in your face because even i who have such a food relationship you know improved food relationship i'm not dieting when i've been to places and seen it sometimes it's made me go oh do i actually want that and yeah do you want that I like that. I like that food and I'm here to enjoy myself, but I'm actually thinking, oh, that's quite a lot for that. And I'm having these thoughts and feelings and it's kind of taken away from what should be a positive experience. Totally. I think I have mixed, I have mixed emotions about it. I think information should be more readily available. Before it came on the menu, sometimes when we'd want to track it in, you'd have to 
fucking hell, you have to like go onto the website and then go in to click this and then download the thing. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it's forever. But I think there should be a way of means of accessing it there and then or on our websites or something if people want to have that information available for whatever reason. But do I think it should be thrown directly in your face? Yeah. Really, no. And the option. I totally agree. And you get then made to feel awkward by asking, okay, I don't want one with the calories. I mean, that's kind of an awkward thing to say. It's not, you know. Yeah, because then you then you're like you almost think, oh, should should I be going for the one with the calories? And then it almost like makes you question, you know, or oh, maybe I should maybe I should have that, but actually I don't want that. And then you, if you then ask for it without the calories, you're then thinking about calories subconsciously. So even exactly. though you're still going to be thinking about calories yeah. regardless. So you're still going to be having that inner dialogue and conflict in your head of, oh, is that too much? Oh, what's in there? Oh, so regardless, I totally. And realistically, let's be honest, it was a cop out thing for the government. They didn't want to put. I was just about to say that. Yeah, well, it's, it's just it's just fucking education yeah. system. Teach kids at school about nutrition for when they're younger. Yes. Build those health habits when they're younger, so that when they're adults, they've got the healthy habits and they don't fall into these. But why are they not going to do that? Because the diet industry is giving them lots of money. Yes. Oh, oh I'm totally with you on this. It's so frustrating that this is just the government's easy way out of, you know, oh yeah, we'll we'll tackle the obesity kind of problem. We'll just put calories on menus. There we go. Like no, that's not that's not the best way to kind of look at it. So no, I'm so yeah, we've done something. So you know, um, yeah, it's done. It's like yeah. okay, I can't wait to see the data and the statistics of how much difference that has made. I'm yeah. pretty sure that there will be no significant difference um, notified. Yep, I agree. I and agree. Yeah, uh, the pro- there probably will be a significant difference because more people will have been active after lockdowns, and they're going to correlate it with that with their um, yeah. They use the wrong data. Yeah. I know people have gone out of their fucking house and been able to go back to the gym and move you donkeys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're so right. I'm always right, but I'm not going to get into because <laughs> I think that's going to definitely cause some... Um, I'm all right slaying slimming well, but when we start to get political, that is when, um, yeah, I don't, I don't need people sliding in my DMs going, oh, you know, praise Boris Johnson. Like, Fuck no, off. surely not. Come on, now. Come on now. <laughs> okay, so I want to kind of finish this and wrap this up thinking if let's just, I want to use a theoretical example of let's just say someone is listening to this right now. Yeah. They are stuck in this diet trap. They're stuck in this cycle and they really want to break free. But right now, potentially they are apprehensive or just cannot afford coaching or it's not viable for them. Let's think of a couple of strategies between us of things that you could do and implement today with your own actions, behaviors, mindset to really start to break free from this. It's not going to happen overnight. Well, what mm-hmm. would you recommend someone would do as a starting point to really start to break free from this? Okay, so first thing, <clears throat> don't spend any more money on shitty slimming world or any detox teas or any stupid product like that promotes it. It's a weight loss product for that matter. Save your save your money. Um, I would say, um, first and foremost. If you don't already track your food, I would say either keep a written food diary just to kind of just trying to get into the habit of being mindful of how much you're eating and your portion sizes um, or start tracking. If you're already tracking, then go for it. But also like increasing your movement, like literally just getting your steps up, getting outside, getting more movement in. Like it just does wonders for you. It'll just it'll you know, it's just really, really good for you in so many ways. And it also helps with the fat loss side of things, which a lot of people tend to forget about the importance of energy expenditure. It doesn't come from just your training sessions, actually comes more so from your overall movement across the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think nutritionally, like 
I think just allowing, I think a lot of people come from that place of restriction, don't they? So I think allowing yourself to have something that you'd have at the weekend, have it on a Monday. Like challenge yourself to have a bloody Kit Kat on a Monday morning. Like why not? If you want to have a Kit Kat, have a Kit Kat on a Monday. Your body doesn't know the difference between whether it's Saturday and Sunday or Monday. It's literally just a day. Like it literally doesn't know. So I think it's just, I think, yeah, that would be my advice. Like start kind of being more mindful of your food intake, your, your up in your movement and just allowing yourself to have those treats every day and, and don't restrict, I think. And one thing that I would suggest to someone is to really audit where you're getting your information from because the internet yes. is a minefield and especially if you're in environments like office environments where everyone's doing Slimming World and everyone's done a diet and everyone's being very negative about it. You are going to hear these things of, you know, you have to do low carb, you can't eat mm -hmm. this, don't eat too much protein because you'll die and all of this. It's yeah. just, I'm not saying me and Danny are the best, but we are. Just really <laughs> find people who put out informative content and mm -hmm. to learn from them, start to educate yourself. You, know, you don't have to do a PT course, but even just typing onto Google, like, the energy balance equation, you know, really mm -hmm. start to understand. I'm going to leave it in here, actually. I've, I'm going to leave my, um, I've got a fat loss guide in, in I'll leave it in the show notes. So it's just basically simplifies everything. Get rid of the bullshit. If you want to download that, go download that. I'm sure Danny's got a pretty similar resource as well. So go check her out on Instagram. I'll, we'll do all the whole follower on Instagram at the yeah. end. We'll come to that. But find people like us who, we don't have the intentions of making billions of money off people's failure. We have the intentions of having a business that keeps a roof over our heads, but more so helps people to succeed. We don't want people stuck in our, in our coaching forever. We want people to eventually leave autonomous and smashing yes. on their own. So we like to put out information that educates you. So find people like us. Like I said, just Google things like energy balance. Just really get a good understanding and really start to understand what is fact from fiction. Because I think that is a game changer when I actually really started to understand mm -hmm. and understand, right, that's why my weight's not changing that's yep. what you need to do this it just it's a bit more and everything just makes much more sense and you'd be much more likely to stick to it knowing the why and the what rather than just following some fucking rules that don't make any sense but you're going to do it because you've seen some person on a poster yeah 100 you know it's like yeah actually learn about it for yourself really yeah i think what you said they're learning the why is so crucial like you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing otherwise how are you gonna how are you gonna sustain those results for life you need to know why you know what i mean um, and i think like even just simple things like you know like so obviously just what we've both said there is is great but also even just really simple things like filling half your plate with veggies have lots more veggies make sure your plates are colorful having a source of protein with every meal if you don't know what protein is go and have a look in or like go on our pages we have loads of stuff about what protein is and what food sources are, are protein filled and just little small things like that like go a long way and I think people tend to oversee the small stuff when actually all the small stuff all the small habits add up to big results over time you know 100% and I'm going to say it on this podcast I've said it on so many podcasts and go things. for it if you are really really struggling on the whole habit change thing guys please go buy Atomic Habits read it I was going to say that <laughs> honestly I fucking shares in that book the amount of people that have messaged me saying I bought it and read it because of what you've said on that podcast I'm just like this guy's making fucking billions from me I'm it, it's so fucking good <laughs> it is, you know, and it's 
I actually, do you know, for um for what we started, uh, set, we set, started sending out Atomic Habits as part of a welcome gift for clients who joined us. And actually, they sold out because I'd sent so many. So I'm like, this guy is making so much money. Um, so yeah, yeah I admit, we need some permission here. Like, 100%. On. But it's the best book. It literally is probably the best book you'll ever read. It, and it's it's simplified as well. It's not a hard read. It's a fucking great book. Exactly. And the thing about Atomic Habits and why we're talking about it is we're not just super fans, is that for many of you who are stuck in this diet cycle, it isn't there's anything wrong with you. And this is what these diets lead you to actually believe and internalize that you are a failure. You can't diet. You can't lose weight. I'll never lose weight. It's nothing to do with you. It's just these habits and mentalities that you've built up over time. And you weren't born with them, right? That's what you need to remember. You weren't born with this. You've learned to even internalized it. You can reverse that process, but it isn't just a case of doing the big thing of following a diet. It's the small little habits, which what amounts to it. Which is why we're telling you to read that, to help you become aware of your own habits. And it really does make you very aware of your own habits and behaviors and how to change them. And that book's eight quid on Amazon. And honestly, if you follow it and implement it, I can't say 100% guaranteed because I'll get someone like, I did it and it didn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you, it will make you so much more self-aware. And if you do do it, it will make a massive difference. It really yes. will. I learned so much about myself by doing that. I was like, same. That's why you I actually, that. I actually, um, on the live last night, I did with my client I actually oh no was it last no I was where anyway all the, this has been a busy week I don't even know what day it is but at some point this week I was on a video somewhere doing something and I was talking about I can't remember I was oh I was in the Facebook group I was doing a training and um I actually referenced the book I was talking about habit stacking so yeah you will That's use great. it I still use it to this day it is bloody great so yeah I'm gonna stop talking about atomic habits because we don't want to line this dude's pocket anymore I know <laughs> Amazing. Do you have any closing thoughts? Anything big take homes that you want anyone to take from this podcast before we wrap it up? Um, anything yeah. that you think important that we've not discussed that I maybe brushed over in relation to? No, I think we've kind of covered everything. I think it's been awesome. I like having chats. You know, I, I just think it's so good to having chats with like 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 minded folk about this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. so yeah, I hope people have enjoyed it and found it helpful. Please just don't spend any more money on any shitty supplements. That is the back of your pocket. Save your damn money on this pile of shit. Stop yep. it. Absolutely. Don't spend it on that. Yeah. Habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buy domic habits and you'll be grand. <laughs> Everything will be solved. But the final question for you, Danny, and it's a signature question that I ask every single person who comes on the podcast as a guest. Yeah. And it's a bit of a make or break question because this of could be friendship forever, potentially. Oh, fuck. I know, right? <laughs> oh no I'm nervous no don't be nervous it's fine it just might mean that I hate you afterwards but it's all oh. <laughs> what is your favorite go-to number one cereal oh fuck okay mm. my favorite number like if I had to choose to have one like for the rest of my life yeah oh oh I've got I would oh okay if there's two, I two it's okay if you need to go for two I would probably say I, I actually don't buy cereal because I, I, I cannot I cannot eat just like one bowl. Um I'm just trying to think, but because I love cereal. I would probably say crunchy nut. Okay. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, yeah. If I had to choose, like I love cocoa pops, don't get me wrong, I love cocoa pops, but if I had to choose, I could literally eat a whole box of crunchy nut quite easily. We'll accept that answer. That's okay, it. what was your answer? I want to know. Oh, I think it's mind changing all the time. But right at this moment, and it has been for a while, the Lion Bar cereal is just 
incredible I've never had that okay maybe I need to try this you really really do it, again this is another one where so many people go and buy it it's like why haven't I got shares in Lion Bar Serial because <laughs> no one knows about it like but it's I don't know it's one of those that is nice as like a pudding as well as a breakfast like it's so lovely on like Greek yogurt as like a topping it's fantastic oh I need to go and buy this now I actually need to go to the shops tonight so you're gonna I, I mean I don't have the calories to fit it in today because I'm cutting from my photo shoot but when I'm out of that cut, I tell you, I'll be your, your calorie-dense snack of the day. Oh, absolutely. I'll be factoring it into this weekend, let me tell you that. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. Well, thank you so much for your time, Danny. Oh, last bit, of course. People, you've obviously been massively inspired by what Danny has to say, and she put some freaking epic content out there. So, Danny, for the peoples, where may they find you? For the peoples, um, I've got a really awkward second name, which has actually changed now, but on Instagram, it's still my maiden name, so I'll spell it. But my my handle is Danny, D-A-N-N-I, surname C-H-I-A-N-T-A. Just search Danny C-H and I, I guarantee I'll come up because nobody else has that surname, let's be honest. Um, but I'll yeah, in the um, notes as well for people. Yeah, awesome. I'll spell, just copy and paste it and you'll be Yeah. Fine. It's such an awkward surname but it's not even my surname anymore so I actually need to rebrand and change that so I'll sort that but yeah you kind of, you kind of got married you know you kind of just know yeah yeah <laughs> kind of a big thing. big thing yeah thank you thank you for having me on it's been awesome no, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you to everyone who has listened as always and I will see you next week Danny won't because Danny's never coming back on this podcast <laughs> um I'll see you on next week's episode